This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. So I want to try doing something in these intros. I know I post a ton of content on the Seeing Other People Instagram and a big thing that I love to do is post tweets and then post them on the feed and hopefully hear your guys' responses and thoughts on them. Um, But I thought it'd be fun if I actually talked a little bit more about some of these tweets because I think some of them are really powerful statements and obviously they can be fun and we can laugh at them sometimes but some some of them there's i think there's a lot to take away and the one i want to start with today is that you have to let go of someone who is okay with losing you i posted this one earlier in january and i think that this is something that is so incredibly difficult to do and that's why i wanted to talk about it because letting go of someone who's okay with losing you. First of all, if we break it down, we have to think about the fact that there's somebody that we want in our lives that is ready to walk away from us or no longer wants to prioritize us or no longer wants to be in a relationship with us or does not want to get into a relationship with us. And that's somebody that we've invested time and we've invested our energy into, we feel connected to, and we, we really feel something for 
And maybe it's somebody that we're in love with. Maybe it's somebody that we saw a future with. And to know that they are ready to walk away from that. They're ready to walk away from the plans that you made. They're ready to lose you and they're okay with that. It's really, really painful. Even before we get to the letting go of them part, knowing that somebody is okay with losing you is I think one of the most painful things that we go through. And so, yes, I can write it in a tweet and post it on Instagram, but I, I really want to emphasize like how hard of a thing that is, but also how important it is. If you are realizing that somebody is not willing to put you first, they're not willing to make it work. They're not willing to put in the effort to try and fix something or keep you in their life you have to realize how much more you deserve and that you should be with somebody who wouldn't be okay with losing you, who wouldn't like even dream of like, losing you, who would be distraught at the idea of losing you. And obviously that's down the road, like in a serious relationship. But even in the beginning, if you go on a few dates with somebody and they're like, I've had a great time, but I'm just not feeling it or they ghost you. I know those can hurt because we were hopeful and we thought things were going well and nobody likes to get rejected. But if they are okay with losing you, that is all you need to know. And that's something where I've fought for people to want to be with me. I've begged people to stay. It doesn't feel good. And it makes the process a thousand times worse. It makes moving on a thousand times worse. It makes being okay again, a thousand times worse. If you beg somebody to stay and they still say no, it kind of like just takes it to this new level of like, I told them I would do anything for them. I begged and I pleaded and I cried and I reminded them of all of the good times and they still wanted to walk away. First of all, we should never have to beg somebody to stay, but to do that, and to still lose that person, it makes it so much worse. So I, this is really deep. I don't really go on monologues like this, but I'm trying it out. Like I said, we're trying it out. If it's terrible, if you guys are cringing, I will never do this again. But I just want to say, like, I feel for anyone who's gone through this or who is going through this recently. Um, and if you haven't, and it's something or it's something that you, you do end up going through soon, just keep in mind that you deserve so much more. And that if this person is okay with losing you, it's their loss. They're literally losing you and all of the things that you have to offer and all of the kindness that you have and all the love in your heart. They don't get that anymore. They're losing it. And yes, they're giving it up, but if they're willing to lose it and they're okay with losing it, then they don't deserve it. And what you deserve is to find somebody who would never want to lose it and would never want to lose you. And so hang in there if you're going through this, or if if a friend is going through this, like let them know that they deserve more and that they will find somebody and you will find somebody who is not okay with losing you and who will, if you have to fight for them, they'll fight back for you. You know, it's, it's something that it's really tough. It, it's a really, really tough experience. It's something that most of us will face at one point or another in our lives, but you will get through it and you will realize that it didn't work out with that person because it was supposed to work out with somebody else. And you will be glad that they walked away when they did. And it will make you stronger. With all of that, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, we have a really exciting, not so depressing episode today with Blaine Anderson, better known as Dating by Blaine. She is a dating coach for men. She is incredible. I found her through her content. She has a ton of followers on TikTok, on Instagram. She posts such good content. 
really amazing tips. And I know in the past we've had other dating coaches for men. And I thought that it'd be really interesting to bring on the, bring on Blaine because she is a female. And so she actually is able to provide her expertise, not just from like her expert, not just from her expert advice and her research on what she's done in the field and what she's done in her work, but also knowing how a woman's brain works. And so I think that is so awesome about what she does. And I'm super excited to hear about how she got into that. And all the advice that she has. I had posted a question box on Instagram. So she will be answering a ton of your questions today. And we have a listener email to dig through towards the end. And she's awesome. Check her out, Dating by Blaine. And let's get into the episode. Okay, you guys, we are finally getting back into the swing of things at work and at school. And that means it is time to get focused. My favorite way to focus is with the help of Mindset Wellness CBD's Focus Gummies. Not only do they help you get in the zone and get your work done, but they also really help you power through your to-do list like you never have before. Trust me, I wish I discovered these things years ago. I would have gotten much better grades in school and I would be miles ahead in my career. But it's never too late. Our to-do lists never end. There's always more work to be done. And trust me, these Focus Gummies are exactly, exactly, exactly what you need. Best of all, they're gluten-free, organic, vegan, non-GMO, non-pesticide, and they taste amazing. Head to mindsetwellness.com today and use code seeing other people at checkout for 20% off your entire order and free shipping. Thank me later when you are getting everything and more you need to get done. Done. And we are here with Blaine, otherwise known as Dating by Blaine. Blaine, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, so excited to have you. I have been obsessed with your content. You guys go follow Dating by Blaine (laughs) right now. Like pause this episode, go follow her, watch her videos. She is amazing and she really, really knows her shit. Um, Blaine, I have to ask first, where are you in the world? What is going on in your dating life? What's your relationship status? All that background. Yeah, I am based in Austin, Texas, and I'm here right now. I moved here with my, at the time, boyfriend a year ago. Uh, He's now my fiance, and we are making Texas our home. So we moved from San Francisco, like a lot of people did that that great migration to Austin. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Well, you probably had a much more enjoyable last, like, year and a half. That was part of the draw. Correct. Are you Um, in New York? Uh, Yes. Yep. That's what I thought. So I love New what York. a time to be in New York. I lived there for five years, and I think it's one of the most incredible city in the world. So it's it has its pros and cons, but I do love it. I do love <laughs> that it. is true. Um, strong <laughs> yeah. pros and strong cons. Exactly. Okay, so I have to ask just to start off and set the stage. You are a dating coach for men. How did that happen? Yes. So. It kind of came to be organically when I was in college, you know, my guy friends would hit me up with questions about my sorority sisters and if they were single and like the best way to, you know, make their move or get in with them. And so I'd give them advice on that. And then when I moved to New York City, that was kind of right when dating apps were really getting traction and I would help guys I knew set up their profiles or just pick the right pictures for them. And then that expanded to helping their friends and people in their network. So I was doing dating coaching on the side, helping with profile setup, and then also just dating advice more generally. And I was working in the travel industry. And then when the pandemic hit, my full-time job in travel essentially went to zero. And I'd been thinking about creating an online course for a long time. So it was kind of the push I needed to go all in on the dating coaching, 
build my business online and launch my course, which I did. And here we are, not never looked back. Here we are, and you've been crushing it. Wow. Do you miss the travel industry at all? Or you're, you're uh, doing no. what you're meant to do? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to do. I love to travel so much. I still love to help, you know, give friends travel tips, but I don't miss the actual like work aspect of it. Um yeah. just, you know, maybe some of the perks, but I still make plenty of time to travel. So it's all good. Totally. That's what that's what matters. So mm-hmm. what do you think about you that made your guy friends gravitate towards asking you advice as opposed to their other guy friends or their other girlfriends. Um, Mm -hmm. This is something that I'm super curious about because I know like in terms of who we ask for advice from, I think it's something that we, people don't, aren't always intentional about. And that's why Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing that you noticed that like everybody was coming to you for it. So they were being Mm -hmm. intentional about it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we ask maybe the wrong friend for dating advice. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. what it was about you that made your network of guys like gravitate towards you. Yeah. Yeah. I think two things. I think one of the reasons that they, well, first I think I was very vocal about like, let, let me see your dating app. Get that yeah. over here. Wait, no, no, this is bad. Like what? No, take that away. So like I inserted myself for sure. Um, totally. And I didn't have a problem doing that. And then from there would just give very honest feedback. Well, also I think being kind and approachable about it. So I think that's what kept people coming back. It's like, Oh, okay. Like she told me it like it is, you know, she gave me honest feedback there, but didn't make me feel like shit about myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you got this. Exactly. <laughs> so a little, little motivating too. I love yeah. That. And I, and I think that's what makes a good coach, you know, in any field is you need to be honest and direct and clear, but part of a coach's job is also encouragement. And so that's something I did with my friends and that's something I do with my clients as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So with all of your expertise and now your work as a dating coach, what have you found the biggest challenges that men face in dating to actually be? Because I can imagine there are a lot of like misconceptions and I know girls kind of say like, oh, fuck men, like they have it so easy, but that's obviously Mm -hmm. not true. There's really nobody Mm -hmm. who has it easy out there, but I'm definitely curious um, from your perspective, what some of the biggest challenges are. So I think in the modern world of dating, because, you know, if you look at any period of time, there's always been challenges and there's challenges on every side. But currently, I think one of the biggest pros and cons is technology. And I think that's really added a different dimension to dating that we didn't have before. From one side of it, you know, technology has allowed us to meet so many more people, whether it's on dating apps or online, or just the ability to move around the world. Like you're meeting so many more people that creates this like whiplash effect of everybody having way more options, men and women. And when you have more options, that makes having your first impression so much more important. So even if you meet somebody offline in real life, they're still probably going to look you up online. So you need to be conscious and curate your online persona, which a lot of people, one, don't realize and two, aren't necessarily good at, you know, that's a hard thing to create this online profile of yourself, even if it's just, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, or everything across the board that one accurately portrays who you are, but then also, you know, makes you look good. So that's something that has been, technology has led to being more challenging. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because it used to be like, I feel like I can hear my parents in my like eighth, ninth, 10th grade head being like, you have to be careful what you post on social media. Like you're going to apply to college one day and you don't want that thing you said there or that picture you posted. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't hear, obviously like I'm not almost applying to college, but like, I don't even hear Mm -hmm. people saying like, oh, you have to be careful about what you post on social media because of your career. Like that's not a thing that you hear anymore Mm -hmm. really. And it's so, it really is more so it's like, the first thing that somebody is going to do, whether it's in your dating life, your professional life, your like a friend of a friend is look you up on social media and make mm-hmm. a snap judgment about you. So it really is true that you have to be putting out what you want the world to see about you yeah. across the board, regardless of who they yeah. are. Yeah. On that note, yeah, obviously there was internet when I was in like middle school and high school, but I'm so glad it wasn't at the level that it's at now where everyone has like a phone that can capture a million pictures and video at any given time. At least, you know, like when I was in middle school and high school and you're like being silly, there's, you were, it was just with the people you were with. So, um, or it was like a flip phone that had like 10. It was a flip phone and then we would upload a hundred muffloads, but like it wasn't the way it is now. It was not as instant. I'm thankful for that. Yes, exactly. Um, and then I was going to say the other thing that I think technology has led to that has been more challenging is, and a lot of people say this, but I agree is the more we we rely on our phones and technology, the worse we are at having in-person interactions and connecting with people in person. And I think that's true and, and sad, you know, being on your phone, answering emails, scrolling on Instagram, it gives you the illusion of connectivity, but it doesn't actually, it actually is the reverse effect. And, uh, I think that's something that we need to be conscientious of, and I'm definitely not anti-tech. There's so many good things that technology has done for dating, but I don't think it's helped our romantic interactions. Yeah. Without a doubt. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's, I mean, I hear so many stories. Like I have a, a friend whose cousin has like 5 million followers on TikTok. Like he's huge. People are like writing him fan mail every day and obsessed with him. And he does not have a single friend in real life. Oh, and so you, and there are so many people like that who it seems like they have this giant social network, the social circle and all of these people who care about them and know them, but they don't have real interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. obviously that's on such a grand scale, but I mean, even think about like this past year, like there was a whole term FODA, FODA, fear of dating again, because people Mm. were afraid to go like have conversations. People forgot how to do that. So it's, it's it really is a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. So I have to ask, do you think that men are ever misunderstood when it comes to dating? All right. It's time to reveal the truth. People actually ask me what my skincare routine is, and I've never had an answer for them because I have never in my life stuck to a skincare routine until now. I recently discovered Curology, and I am so excited to tell you about it. Curology is a game-changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. They'll create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You start by taking a short online skin quiz and uploading photos, and if it's a good fit, they'll ship your formula right to your door. It even has your name on the bottle. It's so cute. My Curology box was stacked with a makeup remover, a cleanser, custom formula created to target my skin goals, a moisturizer, emergency spot patches, and a lip balm. I know, it's insane. They pulled my products based on my answers to the skin quiz, and so far I have been blown away by the quality, the process, the care, and I will of course keep you updated on my results. Get started with Curology just like I did with a free 30-day trial at curology.com slash seeing other people. 
Just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash seeing other people to start your 30-day free trial. Cancel anytime. Prescription subject to consultation. Sure, but I don't think they're more misunderstood than women. Uh, I think, you know, it definitely goes both ways. And fundamentally, men and women just face different challenges. And oftentimes men don't or women don't realize what their own challenges are, let alone empathize with the opposite sex and that their challenges are actually different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I actually, yesterday, um, I'm coming up on my one year anniversary with my boyfriend and that's happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, I'm like downplaying it, but in my head, I'm like, Oh my God. Um, It's exciting. One year is big. That's like, okay, we're like serious. Exactly. Um, and so I was thinking about like, we were talking about like what it was like at the beginning and he, he was like, were you nervous? And I was like, I wonder what my texts about him were like. And so I ended up remembering the specific group chat I was in with a guy friend and a girlfriend. And I looked back and I was seeing all these screenshots of texts and I stumbled upon what happened the night of our first date where mm-hmm. it was 5 PM. Our date was at seven 30 and I had not heard from him that day. And so oh. I texted the group chat and I was like, I haven't heard from him. Like, should I con- like text him to confirm? And they were like, Anna, it's 5 p.m. Like, if you haven't heard from him by now, the date is not happening. What are you going to do? Just like show up and get to get stood up at this restaurant. Like, do not text him. Do not go. And I was like, that sounds so crazy. Like, what do you mean? And so against their wishes and instructions, I texted him and he felt, we talked about it like maybe a month later where he felt so bad that like I texted him and he forgot to confirm But when I told him that it was such a big deal to my friends that he forgot to confirm, he was like, what? Like, how could that be a big deal? And I'm like, I mean, I am historically a very anxious dater. And so for me to not know like, oh, this person's thinking about the date, this person's excited about the date. And for me to be kind of like waiting there all day for you to text me, like, yes, that maybe that was a big deal to me, even though in this specific situation, I don't know why I don't think I was very excited for the date. So I don't think I really cared, but I think it was like, he was like me and my friends would literally never think twice about like confirming a date. Like we would do it if it came to our mind and if not, we wouldn't. And I just think it's, it's really interesting how different men and women's brains are. Absolutely. And that's why communication, you know, at any stage is so important because you cannot expect the other person to read your mind. They're, they quite literally cannot read your mind. So if you want them to know that you have a certain expectation or a certain need that you want met, you have to tell them. And then you can't hold it against them if they aren't fulfilling that need and you haven't told them. Yeah. In, in your opinion, what do you think crosses the line of like having needs, which we all have needs, versus being needy? Mm, that's a great question. Because like, I think having needs isn't needy, but yes, there can be times where there is a line and you can mm-hmm. actually be needy versus just having mm-hmm. needs that you mm-hmm. want met. I think when you are being needy or being perceived as needy is when you have emotionally overinvested and the needs that you have of that person outweigh the stage of the relationship you are in. So if you're at the early stages of a relationship, you it's okay to still have certain needs, but if you need them to, you know, reassure you that there's a future or you need them to validate you, that is that's going to be needy. If you need them to reconfirm the day of the date or you need them to, you know, text you throughout the week so you know that you're still front of mind, 
that's reasonable. So it's when there's an, an, an imbalance of where you are in your relationship with them and how invested you are. That was an incredible explanation. That was perfect. And I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> okay. That was a great question. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I have a few questions from guys and then questions from girls about guys. So yeah, the first one to cover is you mentioned before, like people are connecting online and stuff, but they're not really used to like in-person interactions or even mm-hmm. though you can connect online with so many people, but we talked about how that doesn't necessarily mean you can do it in person. And mm-hmm. obviously everybody goes through dating app burnout. Everybody gets sick of the apps from time to time. Mm-hmm. What are your tips for men for meeting a woman in real life, whether it be at a party, at a gym, on the train? Like, mm-hmm. how do you really, how do you advise your clients and, and the men that you work with to approach a woman, especially in this day and age where some people might not want a man approaching them in certain situations yeah. or, or, or a man might be like, oh, I want to approach her, but I don't want to give her like the wrong impression or have her assume something about me because mm-hmm. I'm going up to her. So how mm-hmm. do you advise people to navigate that? Mm-hmm. So the majority of my clients, their issue is they are overly cautious. They're worried about her, you know, feeling uncomfortable or interrupting her or more often than not, they're primarily worried about being rejected, her not liking them. You can't control her reaction no matter what. All you can do is control yourself and your approach. So my tip there is go for it. Single women want to meet awesome single guys. Maybe she's not single. Maybe she's not interested in men. Maybe she doesn't want to meet you. That's okay. But that's actually not your problem right now. Your problem is focusing on walking up to her and putting your best foot forward. So just getting that done is think less and act more. And then from there, look for context clues, you know, and that's, well, actually stepping back, a lot of men approach with the goal in mind, oh, I'm going to get this woman's phone number, or I'm going to ask her on a date. And then they orient their entire approach and conversation around that goal. And she can sense that and that feels needy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas if you approach as, okay, this is another human being who I'm going to see if I can form a personal connection with and that, and your goal is to see if you have things in common or to make her smile, then you are going to have better results. And yeah, you might not go on a date with her. You might not, you know, form a romantic connection, but the majority of people are going to be open to forming, you know, just a friendly personal connection with somebody who approaches them. And if they aren't, then screw them. You know, that it wasn't meant to be. You did it in a respectful way. You move on with your day and she isn't thinking about it 10 minutes later. Exactly. And you got practice in. Like you have to work mm-hmm. at it. You have to practice. You have to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little. And I love what you said about not having the specific agenda of like getting their number, going on mm-hmm. a date with them. I feel like more often than not, people see somebody that they're interested in and they're like <laughs> instantly in their brain, it like flashes to walking down the aisle and it's like, okay, how do I get here to there? Like, I gotta, I gotta make it happen. I need to accomplish this goal. And I love kind of changing the narrative and, and changing your mindset and approaching it from like, let me have a conversation with this person and yeah. like, get to know them or get mm-hmm. to have them know me. And I also think that's such a better idea because if they do feel like there could be a romantic connection or they're intrigued or they're impressed by the fact that you came up to them. 
they're going to be thinking about it all day. They're going to text all mm-hmm. of their friends and be like, oh my God, this guy came up to me on the subway, on wherever. And he was so cute. Like, I need to see him again. Should I go stand in that place again this time next week? Totally. And so I think that's a much, much better approach. So I love that piece of advice. And then also when you take that out of the equation, the goal of getting her phone number or asking her on a date, you, instead of, you know, jumping forward to that, and you're, you're actually just getting to know her, you're able to maybe decide, oh, this actually isn't a good fit. Or maybe you find out she is not single, or maybe you realize, oh, we actually aren't going to have things in common. So you skip that. And then it doesn't feel like this rejection. Then it's just like, oh, I've met this person that felt really good. Hopefully it felt good for them too. Maybe the next time it'll be a better match. And I will ask for that. Whereas if you don't find out anything about them, and then you just ask for the number, you're probably going to hear no, if you haven't formed a connection. And then that makes the person feel defeated, lowers their confidence. They don't want to do it again. So it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. I mean, if a guy came up to me and asked for my number, if even if I was single and like that, that came up in the first minute, I'd be uncomfortable. I'd no, be like, yeah, I don't you know, need to know you have like, things in common. Exactly. Okay. That is great. I love that. Everybody take notes, Go, start going <laughs> up to people, but just trying to get to know them. Do it. Um, okay. So let's talk about dating apps. What are some things that you see guys doing all the time that you're like, no, 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 this should not be on your profile. You should not be doing this. And on the flip side of that, what are some things that guys should be doing on dating apps? Mm -hmm. I have so many, so many thoughts here. Amazing. (laughs) Highest level, every single pixel of your profile as a man matters. So it's not good enough to just have good photos and then kind of crappy prompts or vice versa. You need to be looking at it as an entire entity and taking the time. I think the problem a lot of men have is they go, they get on dating apps either out of boredom or out of frustration that they aren't meeting women that they're excited about in person. So then they get on there, they want to get to the women that they want as quick as possible. So they throw up some old pictures, answer some prompts, maybe kind of snarky, sarcastic ways. And then they start swiping and they think the dating app is there to help them get to meet more women as conveniently, as quickly as possible. And that's the opposite of what the results are going to be. If you approach it with that mindset, you need to cultivate a profile and essentially a picture of yourself that is going to attract the type of people you want to date or the type of people you want to meet. And that's going to take time. You, You know, Uh, things that stand out to me are quality photos that really showcase what you look like as well as your interests. You know, it's not just like six photos of you smiling and your head pointed in different directions. How do you spend your time? Like, show me what you do. Show me what your interests are. And then same for the prompts, taking the time to really make sure, okay, what is this actually saying about me? Not just the words that I'm saying, but what message is it conveying? And is it the message I want to send a potential future partner or someone that I want to get together with? And I think the biggest mistake is just going through that too quickly and not really taking into consideration how much each point matters for men. Women don't necessarily have that same issue. Um, They get a lot of matches kind of no matter what, you know, if they're good looking. But for men, that's just not the case. I also think with women, they have the advantage of, in most cases, having way more photos to choose from, way more good photos to choose from. Women, I mean, my friends and I will go like get dressed up just to like take a picture one day, like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, if we have fun, great. If not, at least we get a good picture out of it. And so I think that's something where like guys, 
in most cases don't have that. And I know it's, I feel like guys are more nervous to say to my friend, like, oh, can you take a picture for my like hinge profile, my bumble mm-hmm. profile? Um, but even like I had my brother and his friend there in their late 20s, they asked me to take headshots for their LinkedIn. And then while I was doing it, they were like, okay, so let's be real here. Like, we need the headshot, but we also really needed to take dating app photos for us. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm so glad you asked. There's nothing yeah. I would rather do. <laughs> so totally. I will say, I will say, I took an amazing photo of my brother with my dog and he put it as his first photo on Hinge. And I'm mad at him for it because it is so misleading. He is so allergic to dogs. He will never be able to have a dog a day in his life. He has a shower after taking that picture. I'm like, you are catfishing those girls who think you are a dog would, lover. Yeah, yeah. I would say that is not an honest depiction of who he is. Like, maybe okay, it's not his dog. It's his sister's dog. Like, you're allergic. You can't even like. You don't even like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you were like afraid. You literally had to shower after. Um, but I love that. And I love that they they were able to like come to me and and be in it together. And so maybe that's something for the guys listening or for any girls who have guy friends who need the help, like just tell your guy friends or guy friends, grab another single guy friend and be like, yo, bro, Mm -hmm. like we got to help each other here. Like we need to step it up. Professional. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes such a difference because I remember being on apps and and scrolling through and it's really (laughs) coming across a guy's dating app profile. That's good is so rare. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if you can take the time to put the effort in, first of all, people are going to realize that you put effort in. They're going to know that and it's going to stand mm-hmm. out so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. It shows your intent. It shows that you're there for the right reasons. You're not just there for the mindless entertainment of swiping. You're there because you're looking for somebody with common interests and someone who you're compatible with. So you've taken the time to show the important aspects of your life. And yeah, I think if you're going to do one thing to improve your online dating success, it is hire a professional photographer. You know, great. You can ask your sister or uh, I'm, I'm going to say like women, if I'm making generalizations, are better at taking photos. So if you have a woman in your life who you can not ask, your mom, probably, not yeah, not your mom, <laughs> she will probably be thrilled to help you. But if you don't just bite the bullet, hire a professional photographer, tell them you want candid looking photos and spend an afternoon investing in yourself to do it because it will make a huge difference. Yeah. And tell them you want candid photos for your dating app. Like that will help them. And don't be embarrassed. Like this is not going to be the first time they've ever been asked for this. This is like Mm -hmm. literally their job and they would Mm -hmm. love to help you and get paid for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, The next question we have from a listener is how can I slide into her DMs without being creepy? Okay, I have a lot of thoughts here because I think this happens a lot and guys are going about it in the wrong ways. The absolute first thing you need to do is spend five minutes doing your research to qualify this woman. This means, is she single? You don't have to know with 100% certainty, but spend five minutes looking at her photos and her tagged photos to see if you think she is most likely single. But I had a a guy (laughs) that I know. Uh slide into my dms earlier this week Uh i literally my instagram could not be it could not be more obvious that i have a boyfriend i don't understand it takes zero time to look i I sent a screenshot to one of his best friends and i was just like question mark and he was like oh my god i'm so embarrassed to be his friend (laughs) (laughs) because that's like that's like the one the first tiniest detail that is like so easy (laughs) to do like if she's in a relationship she probably i mean i get it all the time on like 
daily, daily on my dating my brain Instagram. And it's like, I talk about my fiance a lot. I talk about my personal relationship, how we met. If you took truly two minutes to qualify that, you wouldn't, you would save yourself like whatever thoughts and time went in your, into through your head, like writing that like reply to me or DM to me. Yep. So yeah. Number one piece of advice, qualify. And besides, not only is she single, but does it make sense? Does this woman live on the same continent as me? Ideally, she's in your same city. But, you know, if you're going to be a stranger from the internet, you probably need to at least be someplace that it makes sense that you could take her on a date or date. And then do you have things in common? What are you going to talk to this woman about? You know, if she's an Instagram influencer with a million followers, she's probably not going to, one, see your DM or two, reply unless you're also an Instagram influencer with a million followers. So like, what, do you, what do you have in common with her that you're going to chat with her about and it's going to make sense for you guys to, you know, maybe go on a date? So yeah. qualify those three things. If, you know, if it seems like it makes sense, if it seems like she's single, it seems like you have things in common, then you have to have a good profile too. Is your profile public? Can she take a look and then qualify those things about you back? So you need to not look like a creep in your profile. It Treat it like your dating app. You know, have solid pictures that showcase what who you are, what you look like, how you spend your time. Have an interesting or intriguing or funny, whatever speaks to you, bio and captions to your photos. Because she, the first thing she's going to do when you DM her, if she's potentially interested, is look at your profile. So make sure that that's an accurate and good representation of who you are. And then from there, the actual message itself should be friendly, lightweight, and about something she actually wants to talk about. So, you know, like if it's totally out of the blue or just like, hey, what's up? It doesn't give her any incentive to reply. Yeah, I think going off of that, I think replying to a story is a good way to mm-hmm. do that. Replying yeah. to, let's say they were at a restaurant or eating a food that you love. Like that's something that you can automatically bring up and, and go off of where it's kind of a natural lead into a conversation. It's something that they're clearly interested in. You're showing mm-hmm. that you're interested in. Maybe mm-hmm. they're in a, they're visiting a city that you are dying to go to or that you went to a month mm-hmm. ago and you have a recommendation. Mm-hmm. I think really being intentional about what mm-hmm. you're saying and and if you can try to reply rather than just come out of the blue I think that's good and I think that's spot on yeah I love what you said about have your profile on public if you are sending a dm to somebody and you're trying to slide in and your profile is private take a walk. or it's like a picture of your dog in like your profile picture like why is this dog sliding into my dms exactly it's like it's like when a, a friend texts you being like oh i have a friend to set you up with and you're like okay who and they're like joe it's like well, <laughs> I, I need to know what about joe joe who what does joe do what is what is joe like what does joe look mm-hmm. like where does joe live like, like yeah it is your dating app profile and you need mm-hmm. to you need to give the person something to go off of. Yeah, you need to treat it as such. And then to go off of what you said about replying to a story, I think that's spot on. And I think also when you reply, I like that you said give them a suggestion. So like add some value. Like, ooh, love that uh, pizza spot you're at. You should try X, Y, Z around the corner or also in New York City. Because I think a mistake that guys do this all the time and I don't think they realize it's creepy is they're like, oh, where is that? Where are you? And it's like, If you are a stranger from the internet and you don't have a relationship with this woman offline already, 
Do not ask where she is. Do not ask for her physical location. And a lot of times I know it's totally friendly and, you know, harmless intentions. But as a woman, like we have to look out for ourselves on the internet. We're not like, t- giving strangers our like GPS coordinates. So don't yeah. ask for them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And even if they tag their location, don't be like, oh, I'm coming there tonight. Like, don't yeah. say that. <laughs> and if you were, pl- look, if you were planning on going, first of all, someone tags their location, you're just in them, do not go show up there. But if you were <laughs> planning on going to that place, don't message them being like, oh, I'm going there later. We should have a drink. Like, go to the place as you were planning because we're yes. not being creepy. And while you're there, then you can approach in real life. And I think that's an important call out that if you have the opportunity to approach a woman in real life, do not message her online instead. I get that question all the time. Hey, this girl in my class or this girl I work with or the girl who works at the ice cream shop, I found out her Instagram. Should I message her there? No, go talk to her in person. It's going to mean so much more and stand out way more and have a better likelihood of leading to something than messaging her online with the screen, you know, between you. 1000%. All right. Next question we have says, should I text her right after the date or wait a little bit? So I, depending on what wait a little bit means, I'm a big proponent of following up. You know, it doesn't need me as soon as she gets in her Uber, you send her a text, but if you had a day date, follow up that night. If you had a night date, follow up the next day, let them know you had a good time. You know, if you did be honest and then recall back something that happened on the date or something that you connected over. Maybe you talked about your, you know, Spotify playlist and you follow up and send her that add value and continue forming a connection. Never stop seeking things to connect over. I love that. That's such good advice and something that I know a lot of people struggle with texting regardless of gender. And I think Mm -hmm. instead of just texting to text, like it's the same thing with like, instead of approaching to approach and get their number, like Mm -hmm. approach to learn something about them, text to learn something about them. Don't Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, how's your, don't be like, how's your day? Be like, what's work like today? And then you'll learn what their, a day in their life, in their job is Mm -hmm. like. And then I'm Mm -hmm. sure they will ask the same about you. You'll get your opportunity to share and you never know, like something interesting might come of that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Especially with the don't just text to text, text with intention and with purpose. People are always like, how long should I wait to reply? It's not about the length. It's about when you have something worth saying. Exactly. The the best texting advice you'll ever get is like, when should you text somebody when you have something to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. Next question is, how do I stay motivated to keep trying to date when I'm having no luck getting past the second date and COVID obviously makes things harder? So a few things here, like one, listen to your feelings, be honest with yourself. If you are feeling demotivated and that you are burnt out of dating, absolutely take a break. There's nothing wrong with stepping back, focusing on yourself, doing things that bring you energy that are going to fulfill you. And truly then, you know, if you're taking a break, don't just spend that time doing nothing, like invest in yourself to do something that is going to re-energize you and make you feel good because that's going to help you when you return to dating. Also be really honest with yourself about like, what's not feeling good? Is it that you're not getting the attention and the, the results that you want and that, you know, you feel like something's not working or is it that you're stressed out because of COVID and work and personal obligations? Because the solution to the former is different than the solution to the latter. Yeah. My, my thoughts are, you know, if you, if it's 
that you aren't getting the attention you want and dates that you think are going really great aren't leading to second dates on a consistent basis, you might need to reevaluate what's going on on these first dates. You know, you could be doing something that you could be doing 95% of the things right, but 5% of the, of what you're doing is wrong. And that is getting you a no every single time. Like you're doing something that's off-putting or rude and you don't even realize it, or you have bad breath, you know, it'd be very situationally dependent. Whereas if you were just burnt out more generally, then, you know, take a nap, take a break, invest in yourself and things that are going to make you feel good. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And, and going off of that, I think figure out or reflect on like, let's say you've been on 10 dates in the last month. Were those 10 dates all the same exact date? Were you doing the same thing? Were you going to the same type of bar? Were you going to the same mm-hmm. exact coffee shop? Like mm-hmm. you don't want dating to feel like this routine thing that you have to do just to check it off your to-do list to try and meet somebody. You want to mm-hmm. make dating exciting. You want to be excited for the dates and you want to totally. look forward to maybe it's a cocktail bar you've been dying to try. So you're going to have a good time regardless. You're going to accomplish checking mm-hmm. that place off of your list of places to try, or there's a mm-hmm. new restaurant that opened up. Like give yourself something to look forward to that way yeah. you will stay motivated and it won't, it'll, it'll take the pressure off of the date also. I love that. And that really goes back to reflecting on like, what does it feel like to be with you? If you're doing something that you want to be doing and you're excited about it's going to be more fun to be with you than if you are acting like, okay, I'm just checking the box to like get this first date out of the way to get to a second date, to then get to a relationship. Like those things really show, even if it's in subconscious ways to both parties. Yeah. You want to be enjoying the process. Like it shouldn't feel like a job. Um, do you, this is a personal question for me. Do you see that guys experience dating anxiety as much as girls do? Oh, I think so. You know, I I, I, spe- I guess I'm speaking specifically from the wonderful men who I work with. Um, and, you know, they're if they're, they're hiring a dating coach right. or taking a masterclass, they want to make a change and something isn't working. So it's perhaps a sample bias. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely think it's more stigmatized for men to talk about their emotions, but especially that they're having trouble dating. So they quietly suffer more than I think women do who are feel much more comfortable being like, there's no guys out there. You know, my dating life sucks. They talk about it with their girlfriends. They talk about it with their parents. Men often feel like they don't have anybody to talk about it with, which is oftentimes why, you know, they come to me and I have a job. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it makes complete sense and, and it's really isolating. And even, even as a girl, like feeling like it's not working and dating can feel so lonely and, and scary. And so it's amazing that they have you to turn to when they're realizing like, okay, I'm not in, I'm not where I want to be, or this hasn't worked. And this is something I really do want for myself. Um, I just, I mean, I feel like when I was single, I, and I talk about this all the time, everybody's probably sick of me talking about it. Like I had so much dating anxiety and to me, it felt like unfair because I assumed that all the guys I was going on dates with didn't. And Mm -hmm. I I was wrong of me to assume, but Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in how we're feeling that we're not considering how the other person is feeling. And Mm -hmm. I think in in the same vein, like I always would think about the guys who hurt me, but there were definitely guys that I hurt too. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, a lot of the guys who I work with, they have the same assumptions about women that you had about men. They're like, she has so many options. Like she, you know, she couldn't be nervous. Like it's, they put it on the woman to decide. And that is also a problem. Like, no, you're deciding if this woman is a good fit for you and she can decide for herself, if you know, vice versa, if you're a good fit for her, but don't worry about like what she thinks of you. Think about your criteria for who you want to date and if she fits it. Don't put all, you know, the, like, don't let her just be the one to decide. And and you know what's happening in all that? The, he's waiting for her to decide. She's waiting for him to decide. Nothing ever happens. No one texts. But they, they both yeah. each other and, and want it to work and nothing ever happens. Yeah. I hate dating. <laughs> what a thing. What a thing in the world. Okay. Um, so following up on my questions, I had some questions from my female listeners about dating men. The first one is how soon should I bring up not seeing other people with him? We've been on six dates and talk consistently, but I see that he's still active on Hinge. So my thoughts are that there is no magic number of when to have a conversation around exclusivity or taking the next step. By the phrasing of her question, it's something she's thinking about, which means it's time to bring it up. You know, it goes back to what we said before about communicating. He's quite literally not a mind reader. So if it's something that's on your mind and that you want, bring it up and bring it up without expectations. Frame it, you know, as a, here's how I'm feeling about where we're at. Here's what I would like for the future. What are your thoughts? And then, you know, or just, you don't even have to ask, what are your thoughts? Share yours and then be quiet and give him the opportunity. He might not be there yet. And, you know, that's the reality of it, but you will know. And that might be okay with you, you know, but then set a boundary for yourself of, Okay, how, like, when is this going to be an important thing that we are aligned on? And then pay attention to that. Yeah, it's also important to practice having those conversations. I mean, this is one of the first big, like, milestone conversations you're going to have. And just conversations about your quote-unquote relationship, situationship you're Mm going to have. And so getting that practice in and seeing, does that conversation go well? Does the other person Mm -hmm. get really afraid and and kind of shut off or will they talk to you exactly so that's really good to see too and that could also determine how you feel um mm-hmm. I laughed to myself as you said like again he's not a mind reader in my head I'm like and if he is and then I was <laughs> like I like you don't want to date a mind reader imagine yeah, the person you're dating actually understand what everything that was going on in your brain at all times that sounds like a nightmare So they're not mind readers. You're not dating a mind reader, no matter who you are. And if you are, run. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're thinking about something, say it. Yeah. If you're thinking about something, say it. I love that. Okay. He's taking it slow and I'm anxious because this is new to me. How can I go with the flow? And how can I ask for more personal info like relationship history without coming off desperate? So two things stand out to me in this question. One is you don't have to go with his flow. Set your own flow that you're comfortable with and then, you know, work that into how you communicate with this person or how think how your relationship develops. It doesn't have to be always on their terms. The second part about the previous relationships, so it there's nothing desperate about wanting to get to know somebody you're dating. That's why you're dating, you know, you want to know about their past and their family and their friends and their career and their goals for the future. You shouldn't feel if someone makes you feel desperate for wanting to know those things, it's probably not a good fit. I don't think their past relationships should be playing 
a high priority role in your current relationship with them though? Like, why do you want to know? Like, of course, you know, as your relationship with them develops, you might have some curiosity and things can come up naturally, but the fact that they aren't forthcoming, I don't think is a red flag. I think it's a green flag. Like they're living in the here and now they're focusing on their current relationship. And for all, you know, maybe they haven't had a lot of past relationships and don't have a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that's something that I'm glad you brought up because sometimes people feel afraid to have those conversations because they haven't had a relationship before. They haven't been in a serious relationship before. And I know I there, are some, a lot. there are some people where like, I've even done polls on, on the seeing it through people's story of like, do you care if somebody has been in like a lot of relationships before, or would you prefer they've been in no previous relationships or many previous relationships? And people seem so afraid to date somebody who's never been in a serious relationship. And really? Yeah. And I'm doing it right now and it's going great. Um, <laughs> but I think people feel like it, like that inexperience in a way, mm-hmm. or like, like there's a lack of relationship experience. They don't know how to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner, but mm-hmm. regardless of they, maybe they've been in a relationship before, but that relationship is different than your relationship. So they knew how to be a partner mm-hmm. to that person, but being mm-hmm. a partner to you is totally different. So mm-hmm. I, I like to bring that up to mention that like, don't jump to conclusions based on somebody's relationships. I mean, I've been in relationships before and they were fucking train wrecks. So I'm glad that I wasn't judged based on those. Yeah. I fully like disagree with the masses then because I really don't think having a previous relationship is a prerequisite to being a great partner in a current relationship, you know? And I talk to men about how, because I have a lot of clients who are worried about that and worried about that being judged for not having had previous relationships And I think it's all about also how you phrase it. So if you act like it's this big deal and you're like, oh, I've I've never, no one's ever wanted to date me. Like I haven't had a past relationship versus saying, you know, in my twenties, I really was heavily focused on my school or or my career, whatever is true. I just didn't put the time and energy into dating. I'm really excited to be doing that now. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, no big deal. Like this person knows how to communicate and they are interested in leaning into that area of their life. Good. Absolutely. Okay. Last question. Then we have a a listener email here. Why do you guys text girls after a first date just to chat, but then they never ask about a second date? It's funny. Well, I think this absolutely goes both ways. You could just switch, you know, girls and guys. Totally. Most of these questions, all of these questions go both ways. (laughs) Yeah, truly, truly. Um, And the reality is people change their minds and that is part of dating. And I think it's important to focus less on the why Why didn't this work out? Why didn't this person text me back? Why didn't they want a second date? And focus more on, okay, I have my answer. So now I can move on. Like if they're not planning a second date and they're not putting in the effort, then okay, onwards. And if you truly need to assume something, you know, I like to say, like, don't make assumptions. You can't read their mind. Assume the worst. Assume they aren't interested in you. And that's okay. One less person, you know, in that city that you need to now meet and see if you're compatible with and onwards with your life. Ideally, after one date, you have not emotionally overinvested in this person anyway. Exactly. And would you say if this was happening where somebody goes on a date, then the person texts them, but then they're kind of just texting, they never bring up a second date. Should the girl in this situation ask, like, should we like grab dinner this week? Or should she just assume if he texted first, but then isn't asking about a follow-up date that it isn't going to happen? 
So judging from like the interactions I have with my clients, I mean, hopefully they'd be better, you know, after working with me and taking my (laughs) course, knowing that they need to escalate and ask. But I can definitely say that prior to working with me, a lot of guys I know and work with would have thought maybe they don't want to be too pushy. They don't want to come off too needy. They don't want to, you know, they think maybe she should ask because I planned the first one. They don't, they don't, they're not following the same rules that she's asking that she's following. Excuse me. So yeah, absolutely. If you want the second date, throw it out there. Hey, like I know this great speak easy around the corner from the place we went last time. Like, would you be interested in checking it out on Thursday? And then also you won't be wasting your time with a pen pal. If he says no or doesn't answer, I move on. If he says yes, great, you can go on another date. Absolutely. I think that's perfect advice. And and if, yeah, if he says no, then going back to what you said before, then you know, and then you can move on. Boom. Yeah, you're not like wasting your time texting. Exactly. All right. So we got an email here and it says, I think I have the opposite problem that most made male daters have right now in that I have too many dating prospects. I'm currently sitting at seven, which doesn't include new matches, women I've only communicated with on apps or conversations that have fizzled out. I think my problem in narrowing it down is that I really like certain aspects of each woman because they highlight different things I'm looking for in a woman and or things that highlight different aspects of myself. For example, some are very funny and nerdy and communicate exclusively in memes and gifts. Some are very thoughtful and well-traveled and we can talk forever about anything in the world. Some are hilarious and easy to talk shit with. Nothing is serious yet, and I think that's for various reasons. Pandemic, distance, work, etc. This is likely a personal thing I need to work out, but I was wondering if you have any advice on helping me to at least cut the number in half. Good problem to have. Great problem to have. <laughs> still a um, problem so, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> but I also understand that that would be overwhelming and yeah. juggling seven women sounds not fun. It sounds like a lot of work and a lot to keep track of. Yes. So whittling it down, narrowing it down is, you know, probably a good idea. I think focusing on and thinking about two criteria is really important. So one, what is the long-term potential here? Assuming this person is looking for a long-term relationship, like, you know, okay, if having a certain religion is a must have for you, and I mean like a real must have, then, you know, that can rule out some of the potential candidates, or maybe a candidate is moving to London. There are certain things that are going to make some people more viable for long-term than others, and just shared values, how you feel when you spend time with them. The second important thing is really thinking about how that how it is to be around them in the moment. So maybe you don't see yourself necessarily marrying them, but you have the best time when you are in person face-to-face with them. You're laughing your ass off, like an hour goes, or it feels like an hour, but it's been 10, you know, those are things that you want to pay attention to as well. So finding the balance between long-term compatibility and then how they make you feel in person in the moment. And hopefully by looking at those two aspects, you'll be able to narrow it down to at least a couple. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. And I think even just from hearing that, like I could tell you right now, looking at this email, it maybe doesn't matter that some of them are like communicate exclusively in memes and gifts and make you laugh versus the ones you can talk about forever, talk forever about anything in the world and who are really thoughtful. Like if you're looking for something serious, those thoughtful people who you can talk to for hours on end about Mm -hmm. anything in the world are probably the people that you should be going for. And maybe you're just looking for something casual, then yeah, go for the people who are hilarious and are easy to talk shit with or send memes and gifts all day long. So I think mm-hmm. that's really good advice to like figure out what's important to you. And, and if there are certain things, like you said, like religion and, or 
like having children or moving to a certain place and you don't have the answers about each of these seven women mm-hmm. to figure it out, ask them the questions. Kind yeah, of get to start totally. learning these things that are important to you and narrow it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Like ask them the questions that are going to be affecting you longer term, if that's yeah. what you're looking for. And then I think also doing new experiences with each of them. So if like you're just going to get drinks every single time, you might have be having the same experiences over and over. But like get her in a situation that neither of you have experienced before. Like bring her around your friends. You know, if, it, if it's at that point in the relationship, spend a day in a new city together. Because seeing someone that you're interested in in new you know, areas, like seeing them in different scenarios really tells you a lot about them that you don't necessarily get if you're just sitting at a bar or doing the same date on repeat. Totally. I, I like that you called out doing the same date on repeat because I, I've i had friends in the past and I've had listeners come to me and say like, I le- I'm taking everybody to the same bar because I want to rule out like that third thing that I need to figure out. Like, did that impact mm-hmm. the the date, I want to just know, like, can me and this person sit here and have a conversation? And so mm-hmm. I'm ruling out, like, is the actual activity on the date or wherever restaurant we're going to, mm-hmm. is that impacting it? But mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that that ever works? Or like, so I actually, idea? I'm a big fan of having a first date that you can replicate over and over, but that's just for the first one. Because the first date, especially if you meet online, is really just to see if there is any sort of connection or compatibility. And so you want to optimize for certain things. You want, you know, ease of chatting, being able to hear each other. You want to make sure that you're not being distracted by really loud music or the service or drinks being awful. So for a first date, I'm all about rolling it back, doing something super similar that you're comfortable with that is easy for them to say yes to again and again. But after that, especially if you're, you know, he said that he, or yeah, he said that he had been on first dates. Like he's not even including women that he hasn't met yet. So now start throwing in some different activities, get them out of their comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone, see how you react in those situations. Because yeah, maybe you can sit and eat with this person all day, every day, and like always have a good time. But Life is more than just dinners out. You want to see how they interact with others, how they respond to adversity, those type of things. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's perfect advice. Okay. Before I let you go, there, I have a burning question I need to ask. And I need to know what your thoughts are and if you agree or disagree with this. So somebody recently told me that the difference between men and women is that a man's brain is like a waffle. You pour syrup on it and the syrup stays in its little compartment. A woman's brain is like a spaghetti. You pour sauce on it and the sauce goes around the entire thing. Do you think this is true or false? Hmm. I think it's false. I think it'd be oversimplifying a man's brain. Um, I think men and women think very differently. And I talk about that in my, I talk about that a lot. Like, I say men sometimes think with their lizard brains. They're thinking about only what's like directly in front of them. And like, okay, is this woman attractive rather than like, okay, am I actually compatible with her? But the more I get to know so many men that I work with, I think they're actually more complex than they get credit for. And um, oftentimes are, you know, having the same anxieties about dating are overthinking things, are doing the most when they should actually be doing less. So... 
right. We're all, we're all spaghetti. We're all spaghetti. We're all spaghetti. Maybe some women are waffles and some men are waffles and some True. women are spaghetti and some men are spaghetti. We all True. think about things differently. Maybe you're a waffle in the morning and spaghetti by dinner time. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> Amazing. Well, Blaine, thank you so, so much for being here. Where can everybody find you? And if for the men who are listening, if they're interested in learning more from you, taking your course, working with you, where can they check all that out? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. I am at Dating by Blaine on Instagram, Dating by Blaine on TikTok, and my website is datingbyblaine.com. So really easy across all platforms. Follow, reach out. I would love to help and work with you. Amazing. And like I said in the beginning, Blaine's content is amazing. You guys have to go follow. I will be personally offended <laughs> if you don't. So go do that. And of course, well, I will link you. everything in the show notes and be sharing it all on seeing other people on Instagram. So Blaine, again, thank you so much to everyone who tunes in. Thank you so much. If you think you have a guy friend who would benefit from hearing this episode, send it their way. <laughs> There's a lot they can learn from it. And we will see you next time. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!